0: Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shir Madaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak, Shalom. We are now in Masachet Bavakam, Daf Lamid Tet Amuralaf, which is the fourth Mishnah in the fourth chapter. Shor We're continuing on the theme from the previous Mishnah about various issues of ownership and liability. Uh, <coughs> earlier we saw about Shor Shal Hekdesh, K'nani, and now Shor Shal Pikeach, a shore owned by a regular competent person, Shor Shal Cheresh that uh attacked a shore owned by an incompetent Khairish of Cotton um Khayab reliable with Khairish of Cotton shana gakh shore patur he's exempt if it's owned by an incompetent the he, he's exempt for payment however the next clause seems to give lie to that shore Khairish of Cotton so if a shore owned by a cherishet of a cotton attacks, then the baitin uh, points a trustee, and the ha'ada about that shore takes place in the presence of the tr- trustee. That's strange because we just said his patur. The Gemara will deal with that. Now, in pa'keh Let's say any of these incompetents became competent. The Katan came of age. The Cheresh got better. The Shote got his sanity back. Chazar la Tamuto de says, this shore that previously had been established, that had been defined as Muad based on testimony is now a Tom again. <laughs> he maintains his Chazaka. The next part of the Mishnah we're not going to look at now because it's really a separate issue, and it's not an issue of ownership, and we'll deal with it in the next podcast when the Gemara will address it. So, as I mentioned, there is an inherent contradiction in the Mishnah. So, what do we see from the second clause in the Mishnah? Which is that if a chayvashet of cottons, ox, gores, uh, he's exempt, which means we do not set up a trustee to, uh, in order to, um, collect and sell the, uh, Tom and collect from its body. Ama but look at the next clause, that you do testify in front of the apotropos, and establish him as muad. So obviously you see that you have an apotropos, and if it's during the, one of the first three times that it gored, you sell him and then uh, pay from the body of the animal. So, this is how you should read the Mishnah, and the Lord's says as follows. Indeed, while the shore Tom is owned by the of the Cotton and does damage, you don't pay at all, as the Mishnah states. However, once he has this shore has established a pattern of goring, we then set up an Apotropus not for purposes of collecting from the Tom but to testify in the presence of the apotropos acting on behalf of the owners that there have been three acts of goring, and then it is a muad, so that the next time that it gores, you pay, pay minhalia, meaning you pay for metav. In other words, at no point are you going to sell the animal itself and pay from that because he's owned by cherishet of a cotton. Now, Mia at man, whose money is going to be spent, is going to be used to pay off the this shore that's now muad is damaged. He says, comes from the estate. Of the estate, which of kids who are now either minors or incompetent. He says, no, the patropus has to pay. Now, we'll see what the problem with that is. Since one is comes from the yatomim, The only time that we go and collect from the yatomim. Uh, to pay a debt, and before they are of age, and the, we have the uh go into their account and pay, is if it is being uh, devoured, as it were, by ribit. In other words, every day that you delay, waiting for them to get older, there's going to be a bigger cut they're going to lose. He said, or oh, a star that has ribit in it. He also adds because if the um, if the uh, woman who has to collect the ketubah has to eat, so we collect from her. And there's, again, there's a great loss, which means that Rabbi Yochanan agrees we do not cut into the money of the yatomim to make any other payments. So the answer is apur. Our original presentation is backwards. Rabbi Yochanan is the one who says that we take it from the apotropus, and Rabbi Yochanan is the one who says that we take it from the estate. So, because you had a problem to Rabbi Yochanan, and you made the switch. Now you got Rabbi Yochanan saying something which seems wrong, which is that we do take from the estate of the Yatomim. He's a big man. He really goes to the depth of the, of the, of the, of the law. He's a great scholar. Keep the things the way they are. Rabbi Yochanan said you take from the Yatomim. Mazik shani, because in this case, there's a Mazik. Their animal did damage. So indeed, you do go and collect from them. That's not the first time, that, of course, after he's a muad. And he says, and what's his argument? Nobody's going to want to be an apotropus if they know that they could be held liable for what their clients' animals did. He says, "No, you gave him the apotropus because you cannot collect from the yatomim." And then, when they come of age, he has a bill and says, "When you were six years old, I paid this uh, this uh, nezek on your behalf. Now you got to pay me back." Alright. Umamino amapotropos la tam l'kvon mi That issue that we discussed at the beginning of the Gemara, whether the Beitin appoints a trustee in order to collect from the tam, sell the short tam. Tanoihi, it's really makhloka tanoim. Tatania, shor shin charesh ba'alav. Shin chashuba'alav. A shore whose owners went and Shin Balav they became shote. Shachuba'alav, ba'alav, ba'alav, they went out of town. In other words, they're not available as a competent presence. He quotes Sumchus saying, He cannot become Muad until they're Baalim who are competent, who are present, in whose presence, uh, the uh, it takes place. Otherwise, they could be time forever. We appoint a trustee if he's gone or if he's underage or if he's uh, incompetent and they testify in front of the Apotropin let's say that the incompetent became competent, as in our Mishnah, or he was out of town and came back, second thing of says, he now goes back to become a tam until we have new Ha'adah, he maintains his Chazaka, that's the machloket that we had in the Mishnah. Now, Sumchus in our braytas saying the same thing as Remeir in our mishnah and of course that makes sense. Sumchus is a famous Talmud of Remeir. Now, Amru, my sumchus. What uh, when when um, sumchus in the first half of this mishnah said that if the owners are incompetent, then the uh, the animal is still a tam. What does that mean? Eilem klal. Do you mean that he can never become muad? But what does Sumchus say in the second clause? That if the owners suddenly become better, he goes back to becoming a tam. Goes back to becoming a tam. Obviously had been established as a muad. So what does he mean that he stays tam-, tam? What did Sumchus mean in the first clause? Which means we leave him tam in the sense of perfect. We don't cut him up, meaning we don't sell him and, and, and give half the payments to somebody else. We leave him as is. So you see that Tsumkos's position is that we do not uh, appoint a trustee in order to sell the tam. And they say yes, you do. Meaning Alma, what's their disagreement? So, the machloket in the first half of the breita is whether or not a shore tom owned by an incompetent or somebody who's out of town can have the din appoint a trustee on their behalf, and you sell the animal and, and uh, pay off the nezek that way. The sefer might become ipogi. So, what's the machloket about in the safe, which, by the way, is also the machloket in our Mishnah? That if somebody was incompetent, owned a shore that was muad, and then he gets better, is it now again a shore tom, or is it still muad? Or shoot Nishana the question is, if it changes reshut, it uh, it it goes from the ownership of one to another, does that change its status? And here it's gone from the reshut of one person who's changed his identity from shota to mishufa, if you will. Sumchus savar shrut mishana, or Sumchus maintains, like Rameyer did, that if it changes reshut, and in this case, the owner changes his identity, then it changes its status, goes back to square one time. Rebiyosi savar reshut, ena mishana good. Tanavaran, sher chere shetavakotin shenagach, rabbi Yaakov, Mishalim, chazinazik, no, chazinazik, is a weird statement. If a shore owned by an incompetent did damage, rabbi Yaakov pays half damage. That's weird. Rabbi Yaakov, ma'ayali what do you do? Well, you knew this was the, the reality. Rabbi Yaakov says you have to pay half nazik. Rabbi Mayaskinan, I eebetam, if there's a short Tom, shita, obviously he pays half nazik. Choli aminami, chazinazik, and Mishalim, everybody pays half nazik, if it's a tam. If it's a shor sure muad, ida If they properly watched it, Kla lo You don't have to pay it all because it is uh, onus. If they didn't watch it at all, kulay Azik They have to pay the whole thing. So, in order to introduce Rava's answer, we have to remember that there is a per- perspective of Rabbi Yehuda who talks about a shor sure muad as having a double identity. A shor sure muad is a short time plus, meaning he never loses that half of him which is a short time. And what the, what you have to do is you have to pay a full payment, which is half for time and the other half for mu'ad. Why does that conceptual approach make a difference practically? Watch. Amarava olam We're talking about a short mu'ad. V'achem, I we're talking about They did only minimal sh'mirah, like locking the corral but not uh, tying him down. V'lo avdi Mi didn't do perfect sh'mirah. Obviously, because he got it undamaged. Rabbi Yakov He holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Amar Kama like Rabbi, Rabbi adopts Rabbi Yehuda's position that said that a Tam, that a Muad, doesn't lose his Tamut. The half of him that's Tam is still there. That's piece one. He holds like another piece of Rabbi Yehuda. Muad Sagula Bishmira Rabbi Yehuda says that a minimal Shmirah is enough for Muad. So if a Muad gets out after shmira, after uh, a minimal Shmirah. Then, you don't have to pay full Nezek, but you still have to pay half Nezek, because of the Tom half. Because no matter what kind of Shmirah you do, if a Tom gets out and does damage, you have to pay. Vesavra and Riakov also holds a third piece, like the Rabbanan, against Sumchus, So here's what happened. owns a shore that's a shore muad. They did minimal Shmirah, which is enough for the muad. It got out and did damage. So as a muad, they don't have to pay. But the Tom half, they have to pay. But but the Tom half he whole, he agrees that Beitin will appoint a, uh, a trustee who will then negotiate that on their behalf. Now Amrly abai Abai turns to Rav and says, V'lo pligi, wait a second. Rabbi Yaakov does not agree with Rabbi Yehuda, which is what you based your argument on." V'atanya, and Abaya reads this brayta straight up. That Rabbi Yehuda says you're chayav. And Rabbi Yehuda says no, you're not. You only pay half nezik, which means what Rabbi Yehuda means. You pay full nezik. So how can Rabbi Yehuda be adopting Rabbi Yehuda's position when uh, when Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda disagree? Ula Rabbi He says you know what Rabbi meant. He interpreted the bright as follows. Rabbi Yehuda says you're chayav. And Rabbi Yehuda says you know what that means. Chatsi nezek. He's not disagreeing. Well, Abayah them are but Abaye read it as a machloket. My plea, what is their disagreement about? we were talking about a shor sure muad that he didn't watch at all. He agrees with one thing of Rabbi Yehuda, which is that there's still a tzad tam. He disagrees about another. That he agrees what does he disagree about? either to He holds that we 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 uh, appoint an apatropos to collect, so according to Rabbi Yehuda, you pay full, because the Tsad Muad you collect from me in Aliyah, and the Tsad Tom, which you pay me gufo, we have an apatropas for that. For Biakov Savar, Ain Why? Palga de Muad, the only half you're paying is not the half for Tom, which is what you thought. Every time you see Khatzine, you assume it's the half of time. No, it's the other half, the more half. Did you pay me in aliyah? I mean Aliyah you could pay from the Tomim. Migufa you can't do with that with uh, even with an apotropis, according to this. Ravakabara by Ravina. So I understand about his position, So says Rubyakum Rhuda disagree. Shafir. Al Rav Rabadam, Alla says they don't disagree. So then, why is this bright? Why is Rav interpreting the bright of the way he is? Adumokil abamuad nukma batam. Why say that the bright is talking about a shore muad? Say that it's a tam. Ile Rabbi Yehuda daavad leshmirab pchuta v'laavad muula. Remember, Rabbi Yehuda holds that a shmirab pchuta is enough for muad. Raballa Zavanyakov to Avi Shmura Klal. Rabbi Lasvanyakov says Shmiraphutah is enough, and therefore you didn't do Shmira at all. Rabyakov sorry, Rabyuta says you need Shmira Muulah. In other words, everybody agrees that um as this is as far as a short time goes. Ry Ryuta says that for a, a Tom needs Shmira Muulah, and Raby Al Zavanyakov says you need Shmiraphuta. Shmira so why doesn't Rava say that the Bright is talking about a short time? And one way or the other, you didn't do the proper amount of shmura. Kornav Biyuda, you didn't do shmura mula. Kornav Lasminyakov, you didn't do. Sorry, you didn't you didn't do shmura at all, right? Lasminyakov, Mer, ached Tom, ached Muad, Shmuran, Shmuran, Pchuta, right? He says your partner. So as long as Shmuran Pchuta, so Kornav Lasminyakov, you did no shmuras, so you'd be chayav for Tam. From Biyuda, you did Shmuran Pchuta, so you'd be chayav for Tam. Either way. And then Rabbi Yaakov is teaching a principle which is that it's a short time and nonetheless you collect because you have an apatropos. So why is Ravah saying that it's talking about a shormuad and that Rabbi Yaakov says you only collect the half from the other half, the mi'al ninhali'ah. So Ravah said I'd rather interpret it in a way that teaches me two different things. Uh, which is that, uh, since Ravo holds Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Huda do not disagree, and Rabbi Yaakov really adopts two of Rabbi Huda's positions, therefore he's able to substantiate that within his interpretation of the Mishnah by saying the Mishnah is talking about Muad, and Rabbi Yaakov says the half that you're collecting is the half that is, um, the, is the, what you're collecting. The half that you're collecting, which is what Rav Yehuda meant, Chayav, is you're collecting because you're not Chayav for the Muad side, because you did a Shemir you're Chayav for the Tam side of it. Tzad Talmud, we can well met it, and we do establish not Petropos to collect. Okay, last piece for today. Ravina Amar Rashut Mishana He says the difference between Rav Yehuda is he agrees with Abaya that they disagree. But he says the disagreement is different. It's about Rashut Mishana Whether you change Rashut, whether that Changes anything. Whether you're not back to square one. What happened was, this animal was a muad. Then whoever the owner was got better, or older. Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Yossi, that he maintains his position. Rabbi Yaakov says, no, he doesn't. So Rabbi Yehuda says, it's Nezak Shalem, he's still muad. Rabbi Yaakov says, now that we got a fresh start, he's Tom, and therefore it's only Nezak. Okay, we'll stop at this point, pick up Muurtshem tomorrow, uh, towards the beginning of Daf Mem Amud Aleph. more of discussion about the Apotropus.